0: Two people touching and agreeing on something. Well now you got to get to where there's somebody else so they can be two of you. So you get to the house of the Lord and you get get in that fellowship of faith with your brothers and sisters. I'm just telling you, there's not another place like it. I know we could have church in the parking lot. We can have church in a storefront. You can have church, you know, in your house. I get all that. But God has blessed us with a place. Thank you, Jesus. And we we come here to Uh, You know to worship him together worship him in spirit and truth the scripture says that we ought not forsake the assembling of ourselves together and so we need to be we need this people I don't need church you don't even know what you just said you need the fellowship of your brothers and sisters you cannot serve God all alone it's going to be a hard road sure we work out our own salvation with fear and trembling I got that nobody else can save me I got that but the Bible still says two are better than one. There's something about having that that unity with another brother or sister, a body in the faith. In a single part of your body, lives by itself. And the Bible says we are the body of Christ. But my hand don't live off by itself. It ain't waking me up in the middle of the night, and said, Hey, I see, you. I'm moving out. Oh no, you you staying right here, or you die. That's just how it works. Uh, So uh, I'm thankful to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Great to be in His presence. We want to go to the Lord in prayer. We got, well, I tell you, a lot of people are are sick and trying to get over sickness. And uh, so we need to really uh, pray pray again because some of them are, you know, that have gotten better. They've only been better a little bit, but now they're back sick again. Brother Drake uh, Miller is sick again, and we need to pray for him tonight. Uh, Sister Amber Waldrop her and her kids are sick plus she has hurt her back and so she said please remember her brother Brian, Patty Shelton both sick tonight uh, always praying for brother Paul and brother Josh and sister Tafara uh, we want to remember them sister Angela Blash's dad also with cancer sister Alicia's mother uh, with cancer and, and while I'm talking about cancer just let me give a, a praise report a few months ago, we started praying for uh, Scott Strong, missionary to Ireland, and we got this uh, message from his wife uh, today. It said, we received good news today. The doctor said Scott is having an excellent response to treatment. All of his tumors are shrinking. Thank you, Jesus. His blood work looks good. <clears throat> yeah says they expect another good report after the next scan, and that will follow his 12th treatment. Today he's getting treatment number 7. So we are thankful and encouraged. God's good. We give him all the glory and honor. Thank you all and your church for praying. So uh, we we spoke it at the beginning. I know not just us, many churches and people around the world actually praying for this brother, but that uh, God's going to do a healing, and he's going to get to go back uh, to the land of his mission, and what a testimony it's going to be when he comes back and says, God has healed me and I am better in Jesus' name. It's going to be a great testimony. So we're excited about what God's doing. And it's going to happen here, too. We're going to get these same kind of reports here. I believe that in Jesus' name, absolutely so. So all these needs, those that are sick tonight and any other needs you have, you just lift them up to the Lord. God's going to come through. You've got to have faith. You've got to believe it tonight. Let's lift our hands and pray together. Precious Lord, we love you tonight. Give you honor in this house. And we know that there is nothing too hard for you. Cancer is not too hard for you. Lord, lupus is not too hard for you. Cold, sickness, sinus, flu, none of that's too hard for you. Tonight, in the name of Jesus, we claim healing for our brothers and sisters. Lord, that wherever they are right now, Lord, they will be healed. They will be made better. We give you glory and honor for touching Brother Scott Strong. We believe that complete healing is coming to him, Lord, just as it is to all these others. We believe in these miracles today. We believe in your healing power. And Lord, so blessed tonight, let us have faith and believe and be strong, Lord, and encourage one another in it. In Jesus' name, amen. Glory to God. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise tonight. God's that healer. Absolutely. Never stop being a healer. Always been a healer. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And man, if he could heal leprosy, he could heal cancer. So I'm not worried. We're we're just not going to be worried. We're going to just believe the Lord and trust him. So thankful for him tonight. Good to see everybody here tonight. Good to see our new friend, Paul. Glad to have you with us tonight. Uh, He was here Monday night and uh, got to meet him and just... uh, these lights in my eyes. Is that Yes, Mabel's back. Yeah, we're glad she's back with us tonight. Thank you all for being here tonight and being in the house of the Lord. I know it's getting uh, some bad weather in different places. Uh, uh, it's raining here, but it's snowing in Texas, so I don't know. It's, what about it? Never know. But anyway, we're in the house of the Lord. We're going to see what God's got to say to us tonight. Oh. A few verses of Scripture while you're standing. 2 Corinthians chapter 12. 2 Corinthians 12. We're going to read verses 7 through 10. Paul, writing to the church, has been telling some of the things that God has shown him, some revelations and different things that uh, he has experienced in his service to the Lord and just like anybody, he knows that if we're not careful, we could get lifted up within ourselves. So Paul makes this begins to tell how God has handled these situations for him. And he says, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecution, in distress for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Hebrews 10 and 39 says this, but we are not of them who draw back unto perdition, but of them that believe to the saving of the soul. And I want to preach for just a little bit tonight and encourage us, I hope, with this thought. Quitting was never an option. Quitting was never an option. Let's pray for the message tonight. Jesus, we thank you so much for your word. Thank you, Lord, for the Holy Ghost that lives inside of us, that gives us that power and that anointing. Tonight, Lord, let our ears be ready to hear what the Spirit would say. Let our hearts be good ground where the seed can find good root and grow and flourish and bring forth fruit. Tonight, we trust you and believe you, Lord. We ask you to bless all that's done in Jesus' name. Amen. Give the Lord one more hand, clap, and a shout before you're seated. What a great God. Hallelujah. Ain't about quitting. You can be seated. Praise God. This is the best life going. It sure ain't ain't about quitting it. Uh, You know, you find something good you don't want to quit. There's people in the world that have trouble quitting. Quitting bad habits. Well, this is the best habit you ever have, and uh, I sure don't want to quit it. Isn't it funny that things oftentimes that are good for us is the stuff we quit? We'll quit working out, we'll quit jogging, running. I don't understand that concept anyway, but uh, I didn't run when I was younger and and thinner. (laughs) I sure ain't going to run now that I'm older and heavier. Too much damage. But you know, we we only eat good in spurts <laughs> and then we quit. And then we eat what we want again till we f- feel sick and we start back up. You know, so we always quit the things that are good for us. But I'm never going to quit serving the Lord. That is, it's my desire to serve the Lord and it's my desire to hear Him say well done. And as Sister Mangan once said, he cannot say well done if I have not done well. I do not plan on quitting on God. When I read this passage, and I've I've noticed this before in in studying what Paul would say about uh, these things that uh, were given to him, he said, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. And that word buffet literally means to hit with your fist, repeated hitting uh, it's like a beat down to get hit. But every time I think of that, I always think of this saying from uh, a movie that I watched, you know, was a, was a big movie back when I was a kid uh, from one of the Rocky movies and there was a quote that Rocky said. And this is not Bible, but it's just uh, an inspirational thought to go along with what we see Paul saying is quitting is not an option. He said in this line that the world ain't all sunshine and rainbows. It is a very mean and nasty place, and it will beat you to your knees and keep you there if you let it. Not you, me, or nobody is going to hit as hard as life. But it ain't about how hard you're hit. It is about how hard you can get hit and keep moving forward. How much can you take and keep moving forward? That's how winning is done. Well, I started out, as the song said, to win this race. I started out to to make it all the way home. I started out to see Beulah Land. I started out to hear him say, well done. I'm not quitting. And the way to, to win in this thing is don't quit. Quitting is never an option for us. We are not of them who draw back. We're not of them who throw in the towel. We're not of them who walk away and just leave this thing over the least little bump in the road. We believe in holding on. God gave us something to get through the trial and the test. He said, you're going to have trials and tests. He said, but with every temptation, I will make a way of escape that you are able to bear it. If we quit, in the midst of a trial, then we quit with the escape hatch wide open because God will always make a way of escape that we are able to bear it. If we ever say this is just too much to bear, you just have not found that escape hatch yet because God said it'll never be more than you can bear as long as you serve me. Quitting for you and I who have been born again is never an option. We will not prosper. We will not hear well done. It will not end well for us if we quit. We cannot uh, serve so many years and then retire from the service of the Lord. We don't get to quit. We don't get to opt out. We've got to run this race until it's over. When God's ready for us to go home, He'll call us home whether through the rapture or bursting out of the ground, one way or the other, he'll call us. But until he calls us, you and I have got a race to run. And along this race, it ain't going to be all sunshine and rainbows. And there's going to be some hard times. There's going to be some trials and tests. There will be disappointments. There will be times where we are really uh, upset and hurt and, and tore down. But let me tell you something. There ain't nothing that can happen to you in this life that God can't get you through. And there ain't nothing that can happen to you in this life that God can't fix. It might be tough. It might leave a scar. But let me tell you, God can fix it. If we are to make the assumption that, well, this, could, this right here is going to get the best of me, then we are actually saying God can't help with this. I know that's sobering. But whenever a child of God says, this will be the end of me, that's not, a, that's not speaking faith. That's, that's, that's speaking like God has forsaken you. God has left you. God's not going to help you. God can get you through the hardest thing. You have not faced anything that is any harder than anybody in this book faced. And they made it. Oh, it was tough. And there were some tears. And there was some heartache. And there was some pain. And there was some disappointment. And there was some hurt and there were some, some betrayals, but let me tell you, they still got through it because quitting to them was never an option. This life with Jesus is the best life going, and there ain't nothing that can happen to me that would make me want to quit serving God. Why? And, you know, sometimes, and we, I've seen this firsthand, and some of you all have probably seen this firsthand, but I've seen where that uh, people... Uh, they would lose uh, a patriarch in their life. They would lose the pastor of their church, and they quit God. It happened when Brother Everhart passed away. There were people that had served God and went to his church for for many many years, and they quit serving God. And I know people today that they they they've lost. Uh, well, they, you know my, my my grandmother. She was so great. I'm sure she was, and she served God for seventy years, and 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 now she, she passed away. And now you quit serving God. Why would you think your grandmother that prayed so many prayers for you would want you to stop serving God? You know, even when, when Moses, as great as he was, when he died, they mourned him 30 days and said, now it's time to keep going. You sure was, you didn't think, yeah, they missed him after 30 days. They took some time to grieve. They took some time to honor him. And then they went on and said, We got to get to the promised land. We can't stay right here crying for the rest of our life. We can't quit God now. We got to go. Oh, that's tough, Pastor. No, it's it's not tough. I'm just telling you, you're going to grieve sometimes, but you don't stop living for God. If they had stopped right there, they'd have stayed on the other side, Jordan. But man, they got to get across. They got to get to the promised land. They got to get to what God prepared them for they got to get to the land flowing with milk and honey. they got to get to the things that God had promised them. But you'll never get there if you quit. We can't quit. There's not a place for that in this life. And Paul said, listen, there was a thorn given to me in my flesh, uh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me. He said, man, I'm, I'm like a punching bag. It's just repeated. Just all the time. I can't get, as soon as I, you know, I don't know what he was doing, but I'm trying to pray. I'm trying to preach. I'm trying to build a church. And he's just getting hit. And he said, but this was given to me so I would not be exalted above measure. I need to remember that just because God has called me uh, to a position, God's given me a ministry, God's gifted me or anointed me, that does not mean I won't have trouble. Right. The reason why many people quit is because they assume that once they start serving God, there will never be any trouble. Oh, I'll never have another problem again. Nobody will ever be mean again. Everybody will just love me. Hey, I was like that when I first got in church. I thought, man, I thought, especially in the house of God, I said, God's people don't do no wrong. Woo! God's people ain't never mean. Man, I can remember the first time I had some some brother that wouldn't even look up at me or reach up to shake my hand or nothing. I said, so that's how it is, even in the church. I remember it. I thought, well, what about that? So, you know, I was just a young guy in the church, man. Wasn't, and I, I thought, my, wow. But I tell you what, I knew enough about it that it wasn't right. And so, hey, but it's all right. It all worked out. Me and that guy worked it out later, and everything was fine. I actually baptized him. So, hey, that thing's worked out good. So, yeah, let me tell you, it's, you, you never know things going to happen. You just don't quit. I wonder how many times people have quit because they didn't get their hands shook. How many times people quit because nobody spoke to them? We ain't got a room for quitting. No one likes pain. No one wants to be in discomfort or trouble or anything like that. And our first response to that is, how quick can I make this stop? How quick can I fix this? And, And I get that. And I believe God gets that. He understands. Nobody wants to go through that. But I also do believe with everything in me today that there are things, no matter how rough and awful they may be, We can live with it. Yeah. It might be tough. It might hurt. We might not prefer it. We may not like it. We may not even enjoy it. But live with it. We can. And hey, live with it. We must. ain't just live with it. We can. We must live with it because that's what it's all about. There is, uh, we are not greater than our master. And if he suffered, you can believe you and I, honey, we're going to suffer. It's going to happen Sometimes. But let me tell you, the reward that's coming is going to be worth it all. He said, Paul said, for our light affliction, which is but for a moment, it works a far more exceeding weight of eternal glory. There's something better coming behind the trouble. There's going to be some trouble, but trouble don't last always. Let me tell you, this Paul that said, I had this thorn and this messenger, and I was getting pounded and beat to death. He's also the same Paul that said, I can still do all things through Christ that strengthens me no matter if I'm in the middle of my rough spot, I can still get it done. You can still get it done even when all hell is breaking loose all around you. If you, you might be in the middle of the toughest storm of your life, but honey, you can still pray, you can still preach, you can still reach out, you can still worship, you can still talk in tongues, you can still feel the presence of the Lord. It doesn't matter what's going on. The world can be shaken, but honey, you'll be on solid ground. Because the Bible says if you trust in the Lord, you would be like Mount Zion. That cannot be removed. Let me tell you, a lot of things can move. The wind can blow and move a lot of things, but it ain't moving the mountain. And let me tell you, we are mountain people. Hope I don't offend nobody. Some of y'all moved down here from the mountains. <laughs> we are of the mountain we are, uh, we've got a God we're, we're rooted we're grounded we're on a firm foundation and the gates of hell shall not prevail against us let me tell you what I'm trying to tell you is that quitting will never be an option we have got to hold on and hold fast so that we can see uh, the end of our faith the salvation of our soul and hear the Lord say well done it's easy to do well when ain't nothing going wrong but sometimes things are going to go wrong. Can we still do well? Can we still have that faith when we get that bad report? Can we still have faith when we lose that job? Can we still have faith when that car tears up and we ain't got no money to fix it? Mm-hmm. Can we still have faith when that brother or sister forgot to shake our hand or, or we didn't get spoken to that day? Hey, what might not even been... Personal might even have been just an oversight. Got their mind on something else. Got to get out the door. You don't know what's going on, but automatically, ah, they don't even like you. I just won't go back there. Quitting, never an option. Let me tell you, I don't believe in quitting. I don't believe in quitting God. I don't believe in quitting the body, and I don't believe in quitting your church. I think you stick with it. I think you stick it out. I think you stay with people people that can pray. You stay with people that can lift you up. Uh, Let me tell you, we're not going to back up. We're not going to throw in the towel, but we're going to live our life for God because a little bit of trouble ain't the end of us. God's people are a lot tougher than this world thinks. And we need to remember sometimes we're a lot tougher than the enemy thinks. The Bible says he's a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. But the Scripture says that if I submit myself to God, I can resist him and he'll flee. He might be a roaring lion, but when I'm in submission to God, I can resist the devil. That means I can look him in the eye and say, nope. I can look him in the eye and say, get out of here. I can look him in the eye and say, hit the trails, buddy. Because as long as I'm under submission to God and I resist him, he got to go. He can't stay here forever. There is too much scripture to encourage us, to encourage the church. And it lets us know that we can make it. As Brother Arnold said in one of his messages, that we will not die in our dilemma. It's not going to be the end of us. In Psalm 23 and 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, For one simple reason, for thou art with me. Don't you know today that it doesn't matter where you're walking and and how deep that valley is, that He is with you? It might be cold, it might be dark, it might be scary, it might be damp. You might feel all alone, but He said, I'm not going to fear any evil for one simple reason, for thou art with me, thy rod and thy staff, it comforts me. God's got some weapons. Hey, let me tell you, and they're not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. He's got some, some weapons that I, I find a little comfort in. My shepherd's got some things that I know he can deal with the enemy. He can deal with this world. He can deal with what's going on in my life. So I might be in the valley, but God's got something to comfort me. In Isaiah 43 and 2, the Lord said, When thou passest through the waters... I'll be with thee when the rivers when you go through the rivers they shall not overflow thee when you walk through the fire you will not be burned and neither shall the flame kindle upon you well we find ourselves in all kinds of circumstances but God just to sum it up he said you will never be alone and it won't affect you no weapon formed against you the scripture still true no weapon formed against you will prosper so why in the world would we ever quit? Quitting is not an option for God's people. Hey, honey, let me tell you, there's, there's a lot of things we, we can bear, a lot more than we think. Oh, that's the, the straw that broke the camel's back. Well, I ain't a camel. You need to quit relating yourself to them, them kind of silly things. You're not a camel. Oh, I can't take much more. That's the straw that breaks the camel. Well, you ain't a camel. You're a child of God, above only and not beneath, the head, not the tail. Come on, somebody. Let me tell you, the apple of his eye, the church, the bride. Come on, somebody. Uh, we, we we're that holy nation, that royal priesthood, that, that chosen generation. you got to remember who you are. you got to remember where you come from, you, what rock you were carved out of, whose image you've been made in. You got to remember what lives down inside of you. You got to remember that greater is he that lives in you than he that is in this world. Hallelujah. It, it ain't going to get me. It ain't going to get me. Paul said it like this in Romans 8 35 through 39. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Tribulation, distress, persecution, or famine, nakedness, or peril, or sword? All these things, as it's written, for thy sake we're killed all the day long. We're counted. That's how they count us, as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded, I'm preaching my son's favorite message. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, high depth, Any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. If I can't be separated by those things, why would I separate myself? Why would I, and then try to blame it on something that God's already told me, it can't do it. Oh, it was that other creature. It was that angel. It was that trouble. It was that peril. God, uh, excuse me, I want to remind you, son, of my word. Uh, It said that can't separate you. Uh, You're trying to blame things uh, that really don't have no power over you, but you've let them have the power over you. Now you quit, and you want to blame it on something. You want to justify yourself. But let me tell you, there is never a reason. There is no excuse. There's not a reason for us to quit. It will never, ever, ever be an option for a child of God. It just won't be. We're going to always have trials and tests. The Lord said in this world you'll have tribulation but be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. Let me tell you, I'm just going to believe Jesus. I'm just going to trust him and and take him at his word. Not that I'm, all some some people hear is overcomer. But they don't want to have to overcome nothing. Oh, we love the title of conqueror and overcomer. We just don't understand that we have to earn that. You're only a conqueror if you conquer it. You're only an overcomer if you overcome it. If you succumb to it, if you give in to it, if you run away from it, you know. Sometimes people say, "Well, uh, trouble starts when we get that fight or flight." No, we only get fight. We don't get flight. Mm-mm. We don't run away. We we have we fight the good fight of faith. Paul said, "I have fought a good fight." Everywhere I look in Scripture, we fight. There's no fight. oh well, here comes trouble. Fight or flight. Talk to Job about that fight or flight. He didn't run. He said, I'm going to hold on to my integrity. I'm not going nowhere. Talk about, uh, let, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 right quick, and, and let's, let's look at a few people starting in verse 32. It says, And what shall I more say? For the time would fail me to tell of Gideon and Barak, Of Samson, of Jephthah, and David also, and Samuel, and of the prophets. Now listen who through faith subdued kingdoms, wrought righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouth of lions, they quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness they were made strong. They waxed valiant or valiant in fight, not flight, fight, and they turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Only one ought to be running should be the enemy. If it's fight or flight, you ought to be fighting and they ought to be flighting. <laughs> if that's even a word. <laughs> what I, you get what I'm saying. Uh, if, if anybody's running, if anybody's tucking tail, if anybody's saying, I'm getting out of here, it ought to be your problem. It ought to be your trouble. It ought to be your fear. It ought to be your doubt. It ought to be your discouragement. Because let me tell you, honey, God is for his people. And if God be for us, who can be against us? Come on, somebody. Who can be against us? He said, Women uh, received their dead, raised to life again, and others, they were tortured, but they would not accept deliverance. You know what I tell you? I said it a while ago. There's some things you can live with, uh, and not just can live with it, you must live with it. They said, Instead of saying, Hey, just don't recant that name of Jesus and we'll stop this. Oh, no, no. Not stopping. Uh, quitting is not an option. And said they would not accept deliverance that they might obtain a better resurrection. Others had trial of cruel mockings, scourgings, yea, moreover of bonds and imprisonment. They were stoned. They were sawn asunder. They were tempted. They were slain with the sword. They wandered about in sheepskin and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, and the world was not worthy of them. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. In verse in chapter 12, it says, Wherefore, seeing we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which does so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despised the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him that endured such contradiction of sinners against himself, unless you be weary and faint in your own mind. Quitting wasn't an option for none of them, and quitting wasn't an option for Jesus, and quitting ain't an option for you and I. He said, listen, you need to look unto him, you need to keep your eyes on him, and then remember, consider him and all the things that he endured against sinners, against himself, so so you don't get weary and faint in your mind. Because if it happened to him, it'll happen to us. If, it, if, if he went through it, hey, you can just believe we're going to go through it. And so nothing moved them. Nothing stopped them. They kept the faith. They held on. They were just hunted down. We, at least we're not being hunted down. At least not yet. But we're not being hunted down. Nobody's stoning us. Nobody's you know, none of those kind of things. But look, uh It wasn't an option for them to quit. That's that great cloud of witnesses. I've got enough examples from the Scripture to prove to me that God will come through in the most difficult of circumstances. I've got enough witnesses in this book. I don't don't have to even know about all the people naturally I know that have made it through. I could just read this book and have enough faith to realize that God will come through and that to His people quitting is never, ever An option. And that's what I see in Paul's testimony in 2 Corinthians. It wasn't pleasant for Paul. He didn't uh, want to be uh, suffering with this thorn in his flesh, he didn't want this buffeting that was going on in his life, but it was needful. Everything in our life, just because it's not pleasant, doesn't mean it's not needful. Paul said, I needed this so that it would keep me humble. I needed this so I would keep seeking the Lord. Let me tell you, there's always going to be a reason for our tribulation because all things work together for good. The Lord says, I know the plans that I think toward you. And he also said that, uh, you know, i order your steps in my word. And so I know that while you're taking these steps, there'll be trials and tests. Who do you think it was that picked the fight that Job had? It wasn't Job. Have you considered my servant, Job, Satan? Oh, ain't another one like him in the land. Yeah, well, let me take his stuff. He'll curse you to your face. Try him and see. Quitting ain't an option for Job. Job knows too much. Paul didn't like it, but he didn't quit. He didn't stop. Uh, He kept seeking the Lord. Job said this in Job chapter 2 and verse 10 Right after his wife said, do you still retain your integrity? Why don't you curse God and die? He said, you talk like a foolish woman. Yeah. And he said, what? Shall we receive good at the hand of God and not receive evil? Now give me. He didn't say God was tempting him with evil because the scripture says that God cannot tempt men with evil. Right. That's not what he's saying. He's saying do you think we're going to be blessed and serve God and live for God, and that means that we've got a force field around us, that evil things won't happen? Because it says, in all these things that he said, he did not sin with his lips. What he said was true. We're going to get good blessings, benefits, mercy, grace, salvation, all kind of things from God. And still, we're going to have to deal with evil. Yeah. It's going to happen. It's life. It's part of this world. This world is dark. It hates the church. And any opportunity that the enemy has, he's going to come against us. And some of it, hey, it's just good old-fashioned life that comes around and bites you. Yeah. Sometimes it ain't the devil at all. It's just, it's just our own stinking flesh. And it's just a it's just this world, it's just this life. And it's it, you know, it all of it stems from that, that very first fall in the garden. I mean it just we wouldn't have none of this trouble if that hadn't happened. But but here we are. And sometimes it's just stuff. When you stump your toe, the devil didn't push you into that nightstand. When a little imp down there guiding your foot to the corner of that bed rail so you could knock your pinky toe off or something like that. Oh, the enemy's trying to cripple me. Turn the light on, you can see where you're going. You wouldn't have, you know, quit trying to lay everything on the enemy. You know, just realize it's just life. Paul, when I read when Paul's talking about his problem, you know, he's not, woe is me, why me, it's not fair. But what I do see is Paul seeking God. He said, Now, I got a thorn in my flesh. The messenger of Satan, hate him, to buffet me, pounding on me like, I don't know, I'm sure, I don't believe it was a physical beating, but that's what he felt like, like I'm just being pounded on. I'm just a punching bag for the enemy. And instead of saying, that's it, man, I'm I'm just trying to preach and do good, I'm quitting. I ain't putting up with this no more, I'm just, forget it, I'm walking away. That's it, that's the end of it. No, what you see is, Paul said, for this thing, I sought God three times. I got having a little rough spot. I got in a trial. I got some thorns. I got this stuff going on in my life. I ain't quitting. I love serving God. I love the Lord. He loves me. I shouldn't be here. Man, he's done too much for me. So what he did do is he started seeking God. It says he sought Him three times. He got one answer. He didn't say God answered him each time. God said my grace is sufficient. So Paul sought Him the first time. Maybe he didn't hear nothing. Saw him the second time. Still ain't heard nothing. Third time's a charm. God, this thing's got to go. And so God finally speaks up and says, hey, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. That's enough. When you start seeking God, you're going to get an answer. Listen, when God is silent, that does not mean he is unconcerned. That does not mean he doesn't care. God was silent two times, it looks like. And then on the third time, he gave uh, Paul an answer. Maybe he wanted to see, will Paul keep seeking me? The Bible says we got to seek him with our whole heart to find him, so maybe Paul wasn't giving a wholehearted answer in that first two tries. Maybe it was like, "Whoa, this is pretty tough. Hey, God, can you move this? Next time, it's really bugging me. I wish you'd move it. Third time, it's like, okay, this got to go. And he was on his face and he's fasting and he's praying and he's seeking God. And he said, i got to know what to do about this because it's hindering me and and you got to get this out of my flesh. And the Lord basically told him, you can serve me with the thorn in your flesh. You can serve me with this problem. This is not enough to stop you because my grace is sufficient for you and uh, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Paul sought God. Quitting was never an option. Man, you know, I was doing all right. I started preaching. Now they're stoning me, drag me out of the city, leave me for dead. I've been shipwrecked, snake bit. Man, I just got stuff happening. Oh, my goodness. Maybe I'll just go back to, uh, I just need to move off in the desert somewhere and forget this stuff. It wasn't an option for Paul. He, He loved God. He loved the church. And He loved the gospel that he was preaching and he loved the saints of God and, and, and quitting was never an option for him. And, and so let me tell you, uh, you, know, you don't quit. It's not an option. Paul didn't say, well, if you don't answer me, God, I'm going to quit. Or if I don't like your answer, I'll quit. Right. Woo, but people will. Some people are so quick to leave, to run, to quit, to give up just because of a little trouble. Just because of a little fiery trial. The Bible said we're going to have them. Think it not strange the fiery trial that is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. We should be acquainted with trials. You know, when I first saw Brother Paul here the other night, he was a stranger. But now we're acquainted. So now when I see him, I'm like, what's up, Paul? I know him. You know what? You might as well really get acquainted with those trials because they're coming. And then you won't be like, whoa, what happened to me? Read this book and you'll find out that it's coming. But read this book and you'll also find out you're going to overcome it, that you're going to get through it, that you're going to make it, and that you don't have to quit. You don't have to give up. In Proverbs 24 and 10, this scripture, it'll, it'll smite you. If thou faint in the day of adversity, thy strength is small. Now, I do not believe God is trying to shame nobody. And I don't believe the scripture is to shame us, but instead it is to cause us to take another look at the source of our strength. If we are trying to do it on our own, we're going to faint. If we are trusting in ourselves, we're going to fail. We're going to fall. We're going to make mistakes. But who is the source of your strength? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. The Lord told Paul in this this same uh, passage that we opened up with that my strength is made perfect in weakness. We need to make sure today that we are relying on God and the influence that he has in our life. He said, my grace is sufficient for you, Paul, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, Paul starts talking now. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. We need to remember the influence that happens to us when we get in trials and tests. When we get in the midst of that trouble, the glory of God, the scripture tells us in one place that if we begin to suffer as a Christian, uh, don't worry about it because the glory of God rests upon us. Hey Amen. Let, let that spirit and that glory fall on me. I want the power of Christ to rest upon me. So therefore I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. Because when I am weak, then I am strong. So make sure that you know who the source of your strength is. Don't don't let that that scripture scare you or bother you or, or make you feel bad or hang your head. If you faint the day of adversity, you've just been trusting in your own self. Some people trust in chariots, some in horses, the scripture says, but we will remember the name of our Lord. Let me tell you, there's strength and power in the name of Jesus, still is. He still got all power in heaven and earth. And he still filled us with a spirit. And he said, when uh, the Holy Ghost comes upon you, you shall receive power. I need to remember where my strength is at. And he said, my strength is made perfect. It ain't lacking nothing. It's complete. It's fulfilling. It'll take care of what ails you. It's going to get you through. It'll get you there. It'll make sure it'll carry you. It'll help you. It'll guide you. Uh, Let me tell you, you might feel like I'm about to fall. I don't know how I got here. It's because his strength got you there. You couldn't get there on your own. You can't get through that valley on your own. You can't get over that mountain on your own. You can't get out of that mess on your own. It takes him. It took him from the beginning. One place it said when we were without strength that Christ died for the ungodly. When we couldn't even we couldn't save ourselves from sin, we were without strength. We were weak in that situation. So he said, you know what? I'll die for you. It was his strength that got us out of there. When we were out without strength, he died for us. And let me tell you, if he would die for us, don't you think that he's going to keep you now? I didn't die for you just so you could lose out in the middle of your trial or test. I didn't give my life and suffer, wash your sins away, fill you with the Holy Ghost so that some little lesser problem, some little lesser devil that I've already given you power over. I've I've listed every situation I could think of in my word to show you that I'll come through and yet you still don't believe me. Let me tell you, I believe him. That God can get me out of anything, can get me through anything. He's the healer of all my diseases, forgives all my iniquity, all of it. Not some of it, not a portion of it, all of it. So when I start relying on Him and the influence that He has in my life, then I can believe that there's a perfect, complete, entire demonstration of strength that is going to be revealed in my situation. And that's what He told Paul. He said, you just trust me. Hang on to me. Trust my grace. And there's going to be such a demonstration of strength that people are going to be like, how did you get through that? And You're going to be like, God. Don't say, well, I'm pretty resilient. God, make sure you give glory to God. Let me tell you, that's why if it had not been for the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it hadn't been for the Lord huh, that was on our side, then we'd be swallowed up, we'd be destroyed, it'd be over with. But it is by the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Let me tell you, I'm thankful today that there is strength when I'm weak. That even in the middle of my worst trial or test, I can believe for a fact that I'll get through. That's why uh, I can, when I talk to people in our church when they're going through things, and I say, hey, it's going to be all right. I mean it. God's going to give us a complete healing. I mean it. God's going to come through. I mean it. I'm not just trying to bump your faith up so you'll come to church for another week. I'm trying to help you see God can get you through it. It doesn't matter. And let me tell you, it doesn't matter the outcome. God can still get you through. You may feel like, oh, this is going to kill me. Well, he's the resurrection and the life. And let me tell you, he can breathe life. He did it one time. He can do it again and He can keep you going. This surely will be the end of me. It surely will not be the end of you because God is not through with you yet. God's not done with you. God's got the final say. He's the author and the finisher. Not your trial, not your test, not the enemy. He's not an author. He's an accuser. But God's the author. Praise God. In verse 10, Paul said, I take pleasure in infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. There are things I can do nothing about. He said, for when I am weak, there are infirmities, reproaches, necessities, persecutions, and distresses that I can do nothing about. I'm weak in those things by myself. But with Christ, there is a perfect strength operation that it allows me, gives me the right to declare myself as strong. Paul said, because of Christ, when I am weak, then am I strong. By myself, Mm -mm. but there's something inside of us uh, that's why Paul could say, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. There's something, even though I know I can't fix this, but I am strong. I can't move this, but I am strong. I can't do this, on my, my God makes me strong. All those people we read about in Hebrews 11, nothing, they, they ne- they're never there. Their names are never recorded if it was not for faith. You would not hear the words or the names of Barak and Jephthah and Samuel and Samson and David if they had not had faith in God. They would not be in Hebrews 11. What got them into Hebrews 11 was faith and trust in God. For them to make up their mind that no matter what happens, I'm not quitting. That's why it says in one place, these all died in faith. They... Held on to the end. They didn't let nothing discourage them. Quitting was not an option. And let me tell you, you and I will never hear our name called, and we will never hear, well done, if we quit. Right. Quitting, you go, go ahead and get that down inside of you. You, you do whatever you have to do, man. You, you type it on your phone. You make a reminder. You post it on your refrigerator. Put it on your bathroom mirror. I'm not quitting. Because it's just not an option. If you want to see heaven, it's not an option. You want to see loved ones that's gone on, not an option. You want to see Jesus face to face and hear him say, well done, it's just simply not an option. So I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. And that's what the Lord was telling him right here. My strength is perfect. My strength is made perfect in your weakness, Paul So, you know, Paul, I'm going to do something so incredible that when you're weak or in these situations where you can't do nothing, that you'll be able to stand up in the middle of them and say, in the name of Jesus, I am strong. Hey, you know, you you and I, I can't heal cancer. But I can pray for somebody in the name of Jesus and they can be healed of cancer. See, I'm weak in that fashion as that I cannot heal everybody's infirmities. You know what? I can't. Wash away your sins, but when I take you to that water and I say I now baptize you in the name of Jesus Christ for the that name that's above every name for neither is there salvation in any other for there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. See, I can remit your sins in the name of Jesus, uh, but if, if if he's not there, if I don't use his name, ain't nothing happening. I got wet, you got wet. Nothing changed. God will strengthen you. In Psalm 73 and 26, get ready to close down. Got a few more scriptures. Psalm 73 and 26. The psalmist said, My flesh and my heart faileth, but God is the strength of my heart. My flesh, my heart, it fails because it's alone. But with God, God is the strength of my heart and He is my portion forever. 2 Samuel 22 and 40, Thou hast girded me with strength to battle. I just don't know if I can... Yeah, you can. You can fight and you can win because God gives you the strength to battle. Isaiah 40 and 31, But they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Isaiah 41 and 10, Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Be not dismayed, for I am thy God. And I'm not the president. I'm not the governor. I'm not your preacher. I'm not your teacher. I'm not your best friend. I'm not your spouse. I'm not your kids. I'm not your parents. Listen, I am your God. Hello. Hello. We have a God. I am your God and I will strengthen thee. Yea, I will help thee. I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness. I'm not just patting you on the back. I'm not just uh, trying to give you a little comfort to get through. I, I will strengthen you, help you, uphold you. Help you. I'm going to take care of you. He's God. Quitting is not an option. When you quit, you quit against the will of God. It's not his will that any perish. It's not his will for us to be lost. He would tell Israel time and time again. One place he asked them a question. He said, for why will you die? I'm offering you a way to life, but you won't take it. For why will you die? He was talking to his own people. Why would you let this destroy you when I can save you? Why would you give up when I can get you through? Why would you quit? They're standing at the Red Sea. Oh, we just need to go back to Egypt. Why? You see something here I can't do? Just stand still a minute. Let's see. I wonder how many, how could you walk through there without your head hanging down going, man, I shouldn't have doubted God. I wonder all them people that was going, Moses, see what you got us into? Hang on say it. Wow. That's pretty good. And then, but as, about as soon as it was closed up, they forgot it. it. They turned around and looked and all the evidence was gone and everything. It wasn't long. they were not far down the road that they forgot. Oh, we're going to thirst to death. Yeah, that's right. I, I opened up the Red Sea, drowned the greatest army in the world at that time, so you could die of thirst. They have not known my ways. The Lord said, "They just don't get it, but see these things were written for our example for us to understand. If I saved you, I got a purpose for you, and it may not be some people's purposes you know, from here to there, some from here to there. It's all different. We didn't start out together we we won't all finish together, but listen, we still got a purpose, and why would I think." well, God just saved me and washed me so I could die in this trial. You die in the trial. You chose to die in the trial because with every temptation, I will make a way of escape that you're able to bear it. So quitting was never an option. Honey, you can come on to the music. One place it tells us not to get weary in well-doing, to endure hardness as a good soldier, Another place it tells us that to remember that our labor in the Lord is not in vain. Remember Hebrews 11 and 34 said out of weakness they were made strong. Out of weakness. When there was things they couldn't handle God made them able to handle it. I think it was Jonathan, Saul's son, told his armor bearer said they were about to go into this camp of the enemy and he said you know God's with us said, it's no big thing for God to save by just a few or, or by many God can do it it doesn't matter if it's just us two or if we had 200 God can do it the odds may seem like they're stacked against us but it don't matter Samson could sl- Slay a thousand men with the jawbone of a donkey. One man against a thousand. You know, some of David's mighty men killing three hundred at one time with a spear. You know, it's just that's, that's a fighting man. Three hundred against one, yet yeah, he he beat all three hundred of them. You see, you believe that, Pastor? I believe it. It's in this book. I believe this book. If I don't believe that, then I can't believe. Acts 2.38, John 3.16, any of it. Paul was the author of our opening of scripture, and he made this statement in Acts chapter 20, verses 23 and 24. He was getting ready to go up to Jerusalem, and he said, I don't know the things that will befall me there, save that the Holy Ghost witnesseth in every city saying that bonds and affliction abide me. Every city, no matter where I go, bonds and affliction abide me. But then he said this, but none of these things move me. In other words, none of these things made me quit. None of these things are making me rethink my commitment to God. Rethink my calling and my ministry. He said, None of these things move me and neither do I count my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course. Not quit, so I can finish my course with joy and the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to testify the gospel of the grace of God. None of these things move me. Quitting is not an option. You keep living, doing, serving God it might not be anything pleasant about the buffeting that you're going through, but you don't quit. And finally, if you'll stand with me tonight, Ephesians 6 and 10, Paul closing a letter to the church said, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. The word might transform or translates into forcefulness or ability. In other words, be strong in the Lord and in the ability that He gives you. God will give you the ability to get through. You don't have to quit. Take quitting off the table. Quitting is not an option. God is unstoppable. The unstoppable lives inside of you. Quitting will never be an option. Just keep seeking God till you get your answer. Fight a good fight, finish your course, and keep the faith. That's what Paul said. I'm now ready to be offered. That's all right because I fought a good fight. I finished my course and I have kept the faith. Basically, Paul told Timothy, he, he said, Listen, quitting was never an option. Timothy, be instant in season, out of season. Quitting's not an option. Hey, church, quitting is not an option. You're going to make it. It might be tough. It might be heartbreaking. You might not even know which way to go. But Job said, don't worry about it. Don't even worry if you can't see what God's doing. Just rest in this. He knows the way that you go. And when he's done, you'll come forth as gold. Ain't no reason to quit. You're just going to be better when it's over with praise God let's come find a place in the altar and pray tonight take a few minutes to thank God reaffirm to the Lord tonight tell the Lord I'm not quitting I'm sticking with you you called me out of darkness into your marvelous light Lord you called me into this wonderful wonderful life following you and serving you I'm not quitting make a declaration tonight I'm not giving up Let's lift our hands together one more time. Just love the Lord in this house and thank Him. Hallelujah. You never know how close to the edge somebody might be, but God will send a word to bring you right back, let you know you're still on the right track. You're going to make it. Come on, lift your hands and thank Him for being such a mindful God tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, we thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We're going to make it, Jesus. Praise God! I thank the Lord. Give Him a hand, clap, and a shout of praise tonight. What a mighty God! Thank you, Jesus. I hope that encourages you. Will really encourage you. Remember, it just don't quit. Ain't no giving up. Not in this. We used to when we was little kids, and the coaches would always school. They said, "Quitters never win. Winners never quit." You know, little things like that.
1: Well, it's true. That's, I mean, that's
0: it. You're walking toward a destination and you stop. You never get there. You got to keep moving. got to keep moving forward. We, we got a destination. God's got a place. He said, I've gone away to prepare a place. You can't stop moving now. I've gone away to prepare a place for you that where I am, you can be also. You can't stop moving now. You can't quit now. That's not even an option. Praise God. I love you. Appreciate you so much. Looking forward to service on Sunday. Invite somebody. Bring them with you. We're going to have a great time with the Holy Ghost. God's good. Be safe. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. God bless you.